0: It's quality, and that's why I made it. I was so sick of having or finding things that had something else in it, and I guess that's a, another reason why I created the company. It's like I just wanted people to choose better. I wanted better quality, and if I can inspire someone to choose a better quality product, just in like, just in one thing, then hopefully that inspires them to choose better in every single thing in their life. Or maybe they'll look at something else a bit differently and like, think, "Oh, okay, well, like maybe I should look at something else in my life." or what about this skincare that I use? She said something about skincare, skincare and having chemicals and sunscreen. Okay, well, what sunscreen do I use? Like, That's that's pretty much why I did make it and why I love it and I still do it. Like, um, But it's just this awesome product came along with it.
1: Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. What a treat, what an honor to bring to you today, the beautiful Tania O'Meara. Now, you guys have had the privilege of hearing the gorgeous Cindy, the amazing Howie, but here we are with their youngest daughter, the beautiful Tania O'Meara. She said she knew she was dang lucky to have a family that embraced wholehearted living and holistic practices. And what she was taught that life and health are some of the most important things that we have and making things from scratch, cooking and getting messy in the kitchen is actually a fun thing. She knew that she spent her teens and early 20s living it up, eating everything she probably wasn't allowed to from her family upbringing. And even though she did these things, she had a ball. And she fell in love with the idea of being a professional surfer. She then competed around the world in the professional surfing circuit and started to really hone in on her food and nutrition. She soon realized the power of food and how it drastically can affect you emotionally, physically and mentally. Nutrition and cooking became her priority and she began her studies in nutrition. As a qualified nutritionist, she has now gone on to create her own brand, That Healthy Co, to share a message that quality really matters and we need to choose better every time. She fell in love with the human body, and when you give it the right tools, she knows it's when we thrive. And it was this inquiry, this realization, that has led her to want to study further. Surrounded by the chiropractic world and loving and embracing its community, She has now flown to Barcelona to become a chiropractor. And this is where I interview her. And this is where you will know she is now as a first year student and loving it. So you beautiful souls, you're going to hear some amazing pearls of wisdom from this young 27-year-old who is now studying to be a chiro. I find it fascinating that she is now going to be the same as her mum, a nutritionist and her dad, a chiropractor. How beautiful is that? And what a compliment to you, Cindy and Howie O'Meara. Enjoy today's podcast. You'll find all the links to our amazing Tania in the notes. But if you want to look her up, just look up Tania with an R-T-A-R-N-A-E-A, Tania O'Meara, or you can go to That Healthy Co and you'll find her on all the socials. If you'd like to leave your feedback and comments about this particular podcast, then go to Kim Morrison and the number 28- on the Instagram, and also Kim Morrison Training on Facebook. You can also go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash, I nearly set up for a chat, forward slash the self-love podcast, and you will find me there answering all your questions and comments. I really hope you enjoy today's show. It's a beauty. Take care. Be kind. As you can hear, it is always a delight to bring who I would call a family member onto my show. And I would love to welcome you, beautiful Tania O'Meara, to the Self Love Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> from across the world. I know, right? So here you are, way over there in a beautiful country, Spain. But before we get into how you got to being there and all the things you are, could you just give us a little brief background as to maybe what it was like growing up with Cindy O'Meara and also just you know about your life what your interests became and how you got into nutrition and now where you are
0: Oh yeah um I guess yeah I've done a lot of things in growing up with um mum Cindy O'Meara and, and my dad Howard O'Meara both very holistic people my dad being a Cairo. And I know you've had him before and mom, obviously, a nutritionist. Um, it was very, you know, um, grounded, I guess you could call it. Uh, you know, food was made from scratch. Um, everything was, I don't know, it was normal to us. Uh, and I guess that's kind of where it's grown for me, that love of food and nutrition. But it wasn't always that way. It was just kind of like the normal or seen as the hippie family um that ate butter and not margarine like <laughs> just little things like that um and I, I i always do remember we went around australia um and that's a trip that i'll never forget that's probably made me grow a lot as a major point in my life um we traveled in a bus for two years and we got to see the world and that's probably been a, such an influence to where i am as well now um to I don't know, then having a rebellion stage where I was like, I'm not touching any health food in my life, um, to graduating and uh, going and enjoying seasons around the world, so doing smoke seasons. And um, I like just eating what I could and figuring out um, what was probably absolutely terrible for my body but having an absolute ball. Um, and then I actually – Came home and felt like absolute shit. Can I swear on this podcast? Am <laughs> <No, my> I <brain. laughs> allowed to say that? Um, to coming home feeling like shit, doing a few things, um, asking mum for a bit of advice and help, and that's probably led me on more of that nutrition journey. Um, and then in between that, like I always grew up around sport, so I was watching my brother one day surfing and then i also decided that i wanted to be a professional surfer so whilst tackling nutrition studies and falling in love with food and figuring out how freaking amazing the body was and when you give it the right tools um how it can perform or how you can use it as more of a prevent like preventative medicine um i also yeah had this love for surfing so kind of like intertwined both of them and um, oh gosh now like now I'm I guess I've, I've graduated as a nutritionist and I'm furthering my studies <laughs> um, I've stopped surfing and I also fell in love with chiropractic and uh, wanting to study chiropractic so that's where you kind of a sh- shortened version of uh, the past 27 years of where yes. I am now.
1: I mean it's phenomenal like you said you obviously had Cindy as your mum and then the gorgeous Howie who, yeah, you're right. We've interviewed both on here and they both had their own philosophies and their own understandings of what they see as health and their own journeys, right. To get to where they got to. But what an amazing family for you to grow up in, especially, you know, Cindy's dad, your grandfather was a chiro and seen as one of the fathers of modern-day chiropractic. I mean, seriously, like, is it not till now you've really appreciated what that was truly like to grow up in that family?
0: Definitely. I think probably the past, like, few years it's really hit me, even being over here in the chiropractic world. Um, I have people coming up to me being like, oh, my gosh, like, your grandfather actually came over and addressed me when I was 13 years old. Like, just like little, I'm like, oh my gosh, moments. Like, and then my auntie, also being a chiropractor, taught SOT and taught it in the States. I'm not 100% sure, but taught SOT to a lot of people too. Um, And was quite well known in the chiropractic world. And yeah, it's just the more I kind of, I guess, just surround myself here as well. There's just so many aha moments. And how freaking lucky I was to have the parents that I had and grew up the way that I did, and like, I, yeah, I feel like they're rare. I actually really feel like they're so rare, and um, I'm only finding a few families or a few things that are like like that or like me here. And it's kind of it's cool to have that self. Uh, I guess you could call it belonging, but like finding people that are, think the same and have that same philosophy when they grow up.
1: Yeah, it's very rare, as you say, but what a beautiful thing. And I reckon as a child, we know no, nothing else. We know no difference. So it's yeah. kind of like, well, yeah, we are the hippies. We're, we're seen. I remember when I did move over here and obviously we became close as families and my kids were little, you know, Jacob would be at school swapping his lunches. To have, yeah, he'd swap his healthy one over for someone else's something. Oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering. Um, <laughs> All <but the> time. <laughs> just one thing you touched on, you know, that tearing around the bus, both Howie and Cindy have spoken about that on their interviews. What was it like as a child to experience that? I mean, for two years, you guys were all in a bus. Now as an adult, how do you think that impacted you with your thoughts, your beliefs, your values, all of those things? How much deeper could you go into that for us?
0: Oh, um, I think it really made me value and appreciate the outdoors and nature and um, family. A lot more, um, and just I, it's it's given me an ease or a confidence. I guess it's more of a confidence of where I am and what, like where I've been, or I guess, or more like a confidence of the places that I want to go. Like having that traveling and having that experience of seeing the world and seeing different cultures and being immersed in the Aboriginal culture and being immersed in all these different towns and places. It it's made me more comfortable doing these things and stepping out of my comfort zone that I currently am now because um, that's what I love. It's just, I think it's made my life a little bit more easier in the way of what I do things. I don't know if like, I I guess I was young, but I have like the best memories um, of just little snippets around the world and only having to do school for a few hours a day. And then if we stopped, we could get off and we'd, we'd go to a museum and we'd learn about, Uh, horny devils in the middle of the territory like um and then we continue on and we make a didgeridoo like yeah it's i think it opened my world to other people and not just being so isolated and kept in in a house and going to school and learning i don't know like learning that government way of like this is the right way or um it's made me think for myself it's made me have an open mind to a lot more things in the world I think
1: I agree and, and speaking of that you know growing up with a you've got your older older sister Franny and then you've got who you traveled with Tanya uh, sorry you are Tanya with Casey <laughs> and beautiful Brogan. how is that and how has that impacted your guys relationship do you think now as adults
0: traveling with them, um gosh we hated <laughs> we hated each other on the bus <laughs> like I shared feet area with my sister and I hated that when I like found that out I was like you've got to be kidding me I remember just being like you, no um but I was tiny so it didn't really matter but by the end of it my sister was freaking long long-legged and she was hitting me and picking me by the end of it um but I, yeah like um they're like my bestest friends now like I talk to my sister every day like I talk to my brother quite a few times too and not every day but it's just yeah like we have that connection of doing all those things together so um yeah I think it's probably definitely made us stronger as a unit and as a family
1: yeah I think so and especially now as you're as we head into adulthood and we all work out who we are and what we're doing, I mean, Brogan started out as a builder and now he's running the Changing Habits Farm. Casey's a beautiful chiropractor, married to a chiropractor and nutritionist. And, <laughs> and here you are now. Do you think then, I mean, there's always that question is it nature or nurture? You know, are we born this way or are we nurtured into being this way? Or in your opinion, is it a combination of both?
0: Awesome question. Um, a bit of both. I don't know. I feel like we can, we are born a certain way. Yes, like we are born in to a world and a family. But you know, I feel like that nurturing and all that, um, all those experiences and love and sharing, kind of creates us the way we are now. Like develops us the way we are now. Like so, if I was born into a different family, I reckon. I don't know, I think I'd be completely different. So probably more nurture, maybe.
1: (laughs) It's interesting, when you think about it. Yeah. Because I look at, you know, having children, obviously more than one, you can see that they've all got differences, that your children are all very different. But then depending on the values that you instill as parents, then obviously your children grow up with those beliefs, perceptions, or values. But then it's, and that's probably why there's a bit of a rebellion in our teens where we want to go and do the opposite or go and do completely different to what we've been brought up in. And that's part of the umbilical cord breaking so that we all do move out, move on. Otherwise we'd all be still at home. Um, But for you then, that period of time that you went traveling by yourself and you did break away, you mentioned that you got quite unhealthy put on weight, weren't feeling great, what exactly were you doing? Just so that people can understand how that kind of food and and nutrition and lifestyle can do. Go on,
0: tell us. Being being a classic teenager, um, gosh, so I went to – I did a snow season in Mount Hotham in Australia and it was literally like you live off cheap food so and it's fried. And it's you think it's kinda of good, but it's just like it's cafeteria food. That's kinda of like what I felt like. It's baked potatoes with cheese and you know, it sounds not bad right now, but like there's just a lot of it and it's fake cheese and it's not real. Um, there's pasta, there's there's bread, there's it's cheap food. And um I did the same thing, like I went to the States as well and I did a few seasons over there and, um i went around in america and i was eating hot dogs i was going to baseball games having beer <laughs> like, um eating a lot of it as well like yeah, just these sauces all of these very americanized sauces in on these ribs and just just a cl- that classic big american food just imagine that for like three months and not probably
1: overeating
0: with a bit
1: of beer. <laughs> a little bit of beer, right.
0: A <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and when you realize that now, the feeling that you had there, are, why I'm curious for us to discuss this, because you are a graduated qualified nutritionist. Now you're studying to learn even more about the body in the chiropractic world. But let's just stay on nutrition for a moment, because as you know, in that experience, those trips, those times, Eating those foods, which are most people's staples, potato, pasta, bread. These are what most people eat, and then throw on these sauces, these rich things that are full of flavorings, additives, preservatives, et cetera. Some people never get off that cycle, Tanya. Some people never actually know what it's like to not eat that way. So talk to me about the difference between eating that way and then when you came home and went into the Omera boot camp. <laughs> Tell me what happened there.
0: It's probably because I haven't felt I feel like they haven't felt good. They haven't had that experience of actually how good you can feel. They just think it's the norm. All this pain and all this, um, way of eating is like, Oh, it's normal for you to be bloated. I'm like, no, it's not. It's normal for this to happen. It's normal. to have pain around your period. It's normal. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, it's just like, that is not normal. Like pain is there for a reason. And it's, it's your body responding and telling you something is wrong or it's trying to detox something that you've eaten. Um, so I guess I kind of got more in tune with my body. And, yeah, you come, I came home and I was fortunate that my mom was a nutritionist. But, you know, I just felt gross. I, I did live in that summer world, so it's like a summer, like, you know, summer society. Like, you, you want to wear a bikini? I didn't feel comfortable. And, like, I didn't, want to, I didn't want to feel that way. Um, so as soon as the change, and within, like, five weeks, like, you feel freaking incredible. And then as soon as you're like, oh, I'm just going to dabble in that and let me see how I feel. And if you enjoy, or if you feel like like don't eat it, that's I guess like it's that's pretty straightforward and simple. But it's like if it makes you feel like shit, don't eat it. Um, but, and it is hard, I guess, maybe to differentiate if you haven't done it before, but you don't know if you don't try. And if people have well, if they're not ready to change, they won't change. And I found that out with nutrition; they just they don't want responsibility. They want the easy way out. And trying is too hard, and taking that responsibility to do it and actually put the effort in for more than X amount of period, change is um, a common trait that I see, and people are not ready to change, and they'll come to you when they are.
1: And often it's through a lot of pain or it's often when they get to a point where they can no longer handle what their body is actually doing. but the body, as you say, is a barometer, it's letting you know that there's something wrong, that something's not right or that you mm. need to listen. So yeah. as a nutritionist and the clients that you saw in the years that you were in clinic. Tell us a little bit about the most common things that you saw and then how you would help them overcome that.
0: Anxiety and depression, probably the most common that I saw. Um, As a nutritionist, they're the common
1: things that you saw?
0: Yeah, people would come in with mostly they had a lot of anxiety and depression, especially in the clinic in Brisbane when I worked at. Um, and then probably when I got out of the clinic or like the school clinic, I got more of the gut issues that was
1: definitely a major one
0: but I I treated a lot of people with I remember depression being quite large um and but in that it's in, insane that they are there were people that were overweight so yeah maybe weight was it I was addressing something a bit more deeper and yeah that was just possibly one of the common ones and it's quite sad Um, oh and I guess the things yeah sorry that I would have done for it um I know there's certain foods that can help everyone but usually the the diets are so bad like you just got to change little things at a time sometimes some people can do an all-in and take it like deal with it but like I said they want ease they want easy stuff so it's like the one at a time most of the time thing all three things and then you change another three things a few weeks later
1: but it's interesting, isn't it? When you say they want the easy things, the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way we all are now to us all is easy, right? Like to mm-hmm. us, it's a priority. It's a focus. But I think what also is it, is it fair to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but eating the way that you did to feel so gross and so wrong and all those flavorings, additives, I mean, they're designed to almost be addictive as well. So maybe they're not looking for the ease so much, but is it hard to come off the addiction to those foods?
0: yeah i guess there's that that sweet um craving or they have i guess there's also an emotional component that i believe is there um but for sure it's definitely addiction um one of the foods like the number, one of the number one killers in society like people just eat their feelings or people just eat and eat and eat and they don't stop
1: it's pretty sad as you say and Unfortunately, if we're not brought up with it, if the parents aren't taking responsibility and growing their children with this insight, then the next generation has to clean that up or the next generation has to find their way. And I mean, it's true. I think it's true that Australia, America, they're, they're some of the most overweight countries in the world. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. And I think I feel like um, I think I really do believe that they think that they're doing the right thing, meaning like. It's people, like there's so much advertisement on TV. This is good for you. And this is good for you. Like eat this. This is cheap. This is this is affordable. This has this X amount of nutrients in it. Like media marketing is really smart. And um, I almost am just like they probably think that they're doing the best that they can, and they thought that this low calorie sugar bar is really good for them when it has twenty. 30 ingredients in it, it should only have four. Mm. Um, it's just I don't think we've been educated enough um, or educated in the wrong way. Mm. That's probably the right word.
1: Yeah. But you now then, as a nutritionist and looking at the world, what do you think would be some of the key things and the ways in which we could, as a, a maybe a small com- a family, a community, a country, how can, what, what are your thoughts on how we get back to what you believe is the way for the body and health moving forward?
0: Do you mean how we like could influence others or how we can help
1: others? Just think how, what do you think is the answer? What do we do as an individual listening to this right here, right now? They know they haven't been eating well, they feel gross, they don't feel good, they're bloated, they're not feeling good. What what is the answer in your humble opinion, either as a nutritionist or as an individual? What are some of the steps we can do to get back to that feeling of what true health really is? Oh, God.
0: <laughs> um,
1: like I feel
0: like be open-minded of what is out there. You know, I don't think one, there's one protocol that fits any like that fits one person, but there is a generalised view of like um, or a generalised food. It's not that word. There is. You know, less ingredients the better. Like looking at foods in their whole form, um, starting with, it is like, yeah, there's that, that self-love, taking responsibility for your own happiness or your own, um, like what you put in your pantry. Um, yeah, did that answer the question? I'm not really sure if I answered that question.
1: Well, I think you're on the right track as far as, you know, telling us to be open-minded about what is actually out there.
0: Yeah, and I think what you're like,
1: saying too is be mindful of what's truth and what's hype.
0: Yeah. it's Again, like media is so smart. Um, ha- educating yourself and experimenting, you know, um, giving yourself a week of, okay, I'm going to try and not eat that food. Or instead of saying not eating that food, I'm going to try and eat, more of this food and that's of that food I'm going to try and implement more vegetables or more nutrient dense whole foods that are not in a packet or I'm going to try and not eat from a packet for the next week let's see how far I can do that like and being like okay well that I ate the packet the week a week later of the thing that I used to eat all the time and I felt gross so it's like almost like that self-awareness as well being way more aware of how you feel after each meal and eating slowly People just scoff it down and then, yeah they just run out the door sometimes or just, I guess we all have busy lives. But, yeah, just having that self-awareness is probably one of the first steps. Yeah, I would say self-awareness and really realizing what you're eating and how you feel every single day
1: after what you eat. You know, many people believe that diets can screw with our minds, that we can, you know, using scales and all these things. But I've I've found for me personally, when we do a protocol or when we, any of us, especially if we're all doing it together or anything like that, it's almost like a form of self discipline. So with awareness that we're not great, and then we can take care of ourselves better, but then discipline, like doing a four, eight, 12 Mm. week protocol, it's almost like the body resets and gets an opportunity. Do you believe then there's certain protocols we should do? Or like you're saying, not one protocol fits all, but- is it for want of a better word, a generalized word, is a detox? And there's lots of different things and ways that we can do detoxes. But is it good mm. for us to do this once a year to let our systems reset and recalibrate? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and is there certain ones <laughs> that you'd recommend?
0: Um Yeah, definitely. Um well I have done the full-face adult elimination that really worked for me. But I've also done um I've done three-day fasts which are really hard and I've done them with broth first and then I did a water fast. Actually, just before I I left, I tried to – I was like, let me just challenge myself and do a water fast for three days. Um, And then I also think there's something called the gap start. I think every person should probably do once in their life right now. Um, And, yeah, these are all kind of ways to either let your system rest and. Uh, or to reset your metabolism or to really eat clean foods and allow your body to detox in those fat cells um, or to reset the gut, which is what the, the gap side is more so about. Um, if you've had major overload of antibiotics or, like, you're inflaming to everything, there's, just like, there's certain protocols that are, are majorly beneficial
1: to these people and that, or to anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but also to... the the discipline to stick to it, give yourself the gift. So many people see it as deprivation or you're telling them to do so. It's almost, it it is an emotional game, isn't it? This whole world Mm. of eating and nutrition. How
0: do we get through that? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, We need therapy. I'm far out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, like, I'm trying to think how I did it. There's definitely been days like, where I've failed. I haven't done it perfectly every time. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do three day bronze. I get halfway through the first day. I'm like, Pfft. I'm like, meh. <laughs> um, so I think you, have to be, you definitely have to be ready for it. And um, you have to remember your why. I think that's probably the most important. I was like, why are you actually doing it? Are you actually doing it for the right reasons? Are you doing it to lose weight? Or are you doing it too because you really want to feel better? and You really want to choose health over feeling like crap all the time. Um, I think remembering your why and that's kind of what can keep you more
1: motivated than anything else. You were a surfer and I know if you were at the water, you'll be a surfer always. Mm -hmm. But you went into it quite with an intention of being professional and also very high level. How did nutrition affect that? And surfers look healthy. Are they healthy?
0: <laughs> um. Oh. Uh, mm, I would say they're kind of. I wouldn't say they're very healthy. Um. I'd say most-ish. Okay. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go half. I'm gonna say half or half is half healthy. Um. Yeah. I really wanted to be a professional surfer, and uh, I saw that lifestyle, and I think I did see that. I saw that health, and I saw that fun in the water, and, and the excitement of travel. Um, and and uh, yeah, I also loved nutrition, so I was I was studying at the same time doing that, and I realised how beneficial and oh, like sorry, how beneficial food was in the way I performed, or the way I thought, or the way I would feel the next day. Um, so that really, I thought if I, because I started late, I was like, if I can get a step up in that area in food over other people, I'm like, maybe I'll try and I'll I'll catch up because I felt quite behind Um, a lot of these girls have been surfing since they were like four years old and I started when I was 16 and competing when I was like 20 so it was a bit I felt like I was trying to play catch up I'm like okay I just need a leg up in anything I can Um, and yeah I guess that's how I implemented it and why I love it so much and now yeah look at some surfers and some of them are terrible they definitely have that surfing lifestyle of go party all day or not all day let's go party at night and then we'll surf in the morning like there's still surfers on the sea too. that party hard at night and they've got a surfer here the next day
1: this lifestyle obviously inspired you to look at how you could support athletes and particularly surfers talk to us a little bit about your project over the last couple of years that you have now launched and how was that inspired and how has it felt since you've launched it
0: but it's um, pretty cool. Uh, well, I mean, it's a cool feeling to have developed something from scratch. Um, but, yeah, it took me a while. Um, it was more of a thought that I was in the sun all the time and competing all the time, and I wanted um, something to not enhance but support me in my body and what I was doing. Um Especially with like skincare, I always saw so much external application and um, sunscreens and all these chemicals. And I was like, I naturally felt it was something that was internal. Like you are what you eat. So um, it's like, okay, well, what's good for your skin and what's good for your body and what's good protein source. And um, going through nutrition, I had this um, professor and she always talked about collagen. She was a she her specialty was skin, and she said. Talking about marine collagen, and oh, okay, this is interesting. So, um, thing like saying you know, I wanted marine collagen in it, and it has the most beneficial or one of the most like the greatest types of collagen because it's quite a, it's like type one, type two. So, there's the type of collagen in there is really beneficial for the skin and the hair and the nails. Um, it's really great for ligaments and all, all of that. And, um, but it was more, they had more studies and more results with skin. So, I was like, okay, let's put marine collagen in it. So I we'll just do it by itself, and I was like, mm, "I need something now. Why well, I want to support me in my uh, travel? So something to support my immune and my cardiovascular system because I'm I was paddling five hours a day. You know, I was surfing two or three times a day. So then I decided I want to put beetroot in there because there's some really cool things with athletes and beetroot. And then raspberries was something I wanted to do. I love <laughs> raspberries are my favorite food, and I knew they had a higher content of vitamin C. Um, and then it was black iron was the other thing that I found was I had amazing benefits and anthocyanins and um, all these beautiful nutrients that were really beneficial, not just to your immune system because it had a heart of vitamin C, but like the skin and antioxidant. So it became all of those into one product, and I, I created it most of myself and then for the family, and then it's just kind of grown from there. I was like, why didn't I create this new surface? Um, it became yeah, wild collagen
1: reds wild collagen reds how do we get hold of that because i know there'll be people driving right now going <laughs> oh my gosh where do i get this from
0: um it does taste delicious as well just it to tastes that. amazing Cause that was something that i had to make like it, it had to taste good there were so many crappy salons out there that just like bleh, were, like just yeah, and that was something I was asking my friends, all my serving friends, and they're like, just make sure it tastes good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember them holding them nose and they hold their holding the nose and swallowing things like on trips. So I was like, okay. Um but it's just available on my website or you can pick it up. Actually, it's at the Changing Habits office in Warana. But it's available on my website. Um, which is www.thathealthyco.com. dot com. Who's .au? Oh, gosh, that's terrible. I'm pretty sure it's .au. Maybe it's .com. <laughs> I know I've got both of them. Yeah. Just, you'll type it in and I'll probably go to one. So.
1: Perfect. So that healthyco.com or .au, um, yeah, this website, cool. your beautiful place where we get to sh- see your story and what this product is about. But I just want the listeners to know that I don't believe it's just about the skin and the immune system and also boosting my antioxidants and things like that, I've noticed since taking it. I also think I, and I I might be just making this up, but I I feel I sleep better. I recover from my gym trainings. So I now have it after I've been to a gym session or been for a long run, I will actually make a, a smoothie or a small drink with that in there. And I use it like a supplement because of the protein and the ability for it to actually help me recover and repair Is that a great way to use it as well? Because that's the way I've started taking it.
0: (laughs) Yes, there's some cool studies with it. It's it's called DOMS, like delayed onset muscle soreness. So there's been some really cool studies with um, beetroot and blackcurrant in that they used to actually give blackcurrant, um, which I think you might know about, to racehorses. Uh, as a recovery. So um, it is definitely usable for anybody, even if you're not like that outdoor, if you're not a surfer, it's so beneficial to anyone. Um, anything with any cardiovascular support, or if you do go to the gym, like it's just, even if you sit at a desk, you will benefit off it. Like it's quality, and that's why I made it. I was so sick of having or finding things that had something else in it. And I guess that's another reason why I created the company, it's like I just wanted people to choose better. I want a better quality. And if I can inspire someone to choose a better quality product, just in, like, just in one thing, then hopefully that inspires them to choose better in every single thing in their life. Or maybe they'll look at something else a bit differently and like, think, oh, okay, well, like, maybe I should look at something else in my life. Or what about this skincare that I use? She said something about skincare and having chemicals and sunscreen. Okay, well, what sunscreen do I use? Like, that's, that's pretty much why I did make it. And why I love it, and I still do it. Like, um, but it's just this awesome product came along with it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very clever, and I want to congratulate you, and just say to you how amazing it is. And I just I feel so, so privileged to know that it's a product that I can access easily. So thank you, sweetheart. But. So moving on now, you've now, you've been working in clinic, you've developed product, you're clever, you're seeing lots of people, but that's not enough for Tani (laughs) Romero. So what happened next? What was the spark? I mean, you know, you have such an interest and passion for food, the outdoors. And before you talk about the spark to get to Spain, I just would love you to share with the listeners you enrolled and did a thing that I probably couldn't find myself doing, but one of the most important things that happens in life as we are growing and you know developing in the world that we're in, we don't even know where half our food comes from. We don't know what it's like to have to kill a chicken to eat it. We don't know what it's oh. like to fish. <laughs> we don't know what it's like to actually hunt, gather. We, we go to a supermarket, everything's packaged. <clears throat> we, we don't see it even as the animal even more. And even for the vegans and the vegetarians listening now, we know that animals play a massive part in the food chain, but also ecologically and biologically they there is a very strong integration. But you took it really a big step. Tell us about this trip that you went on <laughs> and what the whole preface was about it.
0: Um, yeah, so I did go on a hunting trip and um, I'd been – i just been thinking around the way, like the way the world was going. I don't know where where I'm going to be. And I realized how, with nutrition, I realized how disconnected we are from our food and where it originally came from. Um, So that's something I found interesting. I wanted to know that if I was stuck out in the wild or if I was out trapped somewhere or or I wanted to know that I could get my own food. I wanted to know that I could shoot it or catch it or cut it up and use it correctly. and I wanted to know, like, uh, eating, really raw, like, gross things. About it. I just wanted to know and I wanted to know that I was able to do it. So I decided to go hunting down in Sydney for a whole weekend and learn um, how to hunt whatever we could find. <laughs> um, so we ended up finding deer and goat. And, yeah, we, I learned how to harvest it from scratch. Um, we obviously caught one and we cut it up on the side of a mountain, which was very difficult. And we hiked it out like three hours. Um, so it's it's not easy territory where we went. We were hiking mountains and we were going out and we had backpacks on because you got to obviously carry your food home. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you can just imagine little walking home. <laughs> these guys are carrying these two legs. Just, sorry, that's probably a bad image, but they're carrying these two legs just of like the animal. And I'm like, this is how raw it should be. This is how we should be finding our food and um was just like wow i i paid for the seminar i paid for the workshop but it's like i can literally go out and do this and like this is great meat this is this is grass-fed meat that has not been touched by any human being and it has lived the best life and i was like you can't get better than that
1: exactly your mum always talked about you know, getting food is close to its natural source. And obviously this is, and I can understand your passion and desire to find that out, that you can survive. And I was challenged once saying, you know, I said, I'd never eat meat or I'd never do this. And I was challenged once saying, you've never also been starving and you've never also been in a situation where what's in front of you is all there is to eat. And Mm. fingers crossed, I never have to be there. But I think that realization of the disconnect and realization of what an animal! Um, how they're brought up. You are what you eat. I know you said that, but then we also add eats, doesn't it? So you are what you eat eats. So what mm-hmm. that is eating is also important, and what we choose to harvest or buy or purchase, etc. But your mum also talked a lot about the Aboriginal culture and these these beautiful traditions that do live, and they believe that the animal that crossed the path was a sacrifice, but they gave thanks to that. It wasn't like you were just yes. out there randomly shooting and killing and no. gluttony, wasn't it? And did that feel like that when you were out there as well?
0: A hundred percent. Like we we all gave thanks to the animal before we cut it up. Like I definitely, like I'm, I, I laugh about it a little bit. Like, you know, it's, a, it's such a it's a weird thing, but it was like, when we shot it, he shot it with a bow and arrow and people gonna be like, Oh, that's cruel I was like, Well actually that's fair game. I think that's so fair because you have to you have to have talent to do that and a lot of skill. I feel like sometimes shooting is cheating. But so we we did shoot it and I had a moment I was like I actually had like a little bit of a cry. I was like, Okay, this just happened, right? This is food. I'm grateful and this will this will be my food for the next like three months because we got to take home as much as we could um so yeah before we gave a little prayer all of us it was four of us and we went from there it was definitely a a great a great way to do it it was definitely definitely gave thanks to its sacrifice in
1: our life to feed out. can i ask you said there were four were you the only female
0: yeah there was (laughs) actually there was about 10 of us four like of us there was some, yeah, nine ball. There's quite a lot of us. I definitely was the only female and they were like I think they were all kind of surprised when I rocked off. I was like,
1: hi. This gorgeous like, spunky surfing guess, chick arrives to go out. The shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I can just like this
0: blonde, like yeah, I was like, Oh probably should've put some jeans I don't know. Yeah, like I, yeah. It's funny, like I I feel like I don't really fit the picture of like being out. Out there but I, I love it i love nature and i can't i can't wait to go out and get out there again
1: yeah you're amazing hiking is your happy place being out on the waves is your happy place climbing mountains is your happy place absolutely mm. you guys are definitely adventurous and i love that about you i want to ask you now then moving into you you've now got to this point in your life and you and i've had a number of conversations it was like a crossroads wasn't it it was like here we are in the world right now where it's feeling very strange. No one really has. There's no certainty around us right now. And maybe that was rubbing off on you a little bit around the uncertainty of what you wanted and what was the next level or the next step. Your beautiful niece was then born um, in May this year, and it was a beautiful experience and also very challenging, as we all know, mm. on some levels particularly for you though you were also in that realm that mindset of what's next how did you get to the decision that chiropractic or going overseas what was it that really pushed you to know this is what i need to do even though i've just had a beautiful niece and now a nephew born
0: um for only a few moments it was kind of um when i saw what we were having with our, my, my niece it was like okay. This is this is what happened, and this is the medical society, and then, which was amazing, and then I saw the chiropractic community come together, and TJ, my brother-in-law, my sister's son, he reached out to the chiropractic community, um, and there it was just like I think there was just an overwhelming response, and it was just all of these amazing people that I have looked up to or I've heard about in the chiropractic community that are quite a large name come in and just like, okay, we'll do this, this and this. We've had these things are similar. Like I just got inspired. I was like, I want to be a part of that. I want to do that for someone and I want to be better and do better. Um, And I think that was probably like the pushing. That was like that kind of little like, mm mm-hmm, like this is like, The U.S. was almost like giving me a few feathers and, like, oh, here's a few signs. And then it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to start throwing some things at you, and then it was just slapping me in the face. Like it was just like it got – it was just pushing me, and then that was just like, okay, this is really amazing and this is so inspiring, and I want to be able to help people in that way and be a part of that
1: loving community. And so then was the choice, because you could have stayed in Australia to study what was the inspiration to get to Spain, and how the heck did you manage to do that in a world lockdown crisis pandemic? <laughs>
0: um I think Australia was the easy way out, meaning it was close to home Um I'd, I'd also been in Australia my whole life i didn't really I wanted something like a new experience or more a new challenge I like i guess I just wanted to learn different cultures more I've always wanted to be overseas I've always wanted to study overseas and who gets to say that they've lived in Barcelona for five years and studied chiropractic like the appealing thing was kind of the challenge I reckon more so it wasn't the easy way out of it was it was something that was going to be harder, and I think I knew I needed that um, I was in at a job that I loved. I loved the job that I was at, and I was kind of juggling, you know, creating the product, being a nutritionist consulting, and having a five day a week job with a very successful surf company um, and I loved all of them and i and I was like, Hey, well, do I see myself doing this for the like, next five years I'm not really um so like it was just, I feel like in the end it, it was an easy decision. But at the beginning, I was like, oh, these roads do not lead up. Like I can either go left, and I don't go, or I go right. Um, but you know, being in Australia, if I go into SA, like which is where the new chiropractic um, colleges that I would have gone to, I probably wouldn't be able to get home anyways. I'm like, well, may I'm just going halfway around the world.
1: And how's that been since you've got there? You finally got to Barcelona and you stayed with a few people and you've obviously now settled in and you're right into studying now. How has that felt, that transition? Has it been overwhelming, scary, frightening? Are you feeling great now? Talk to us through that.
0: Oh, there's definitely moments like probably we, we more scary and frightening before I left. Was like
1: when I, and then when I jumped on
0: the plane and the plane was just you're like, left left the tunnel and then as soon as we started taking off i like i was like oh my gosh i was like i can't turn around now like, i'm literally on a 14-hour plane flight to qatar um so that was the scariest moment but i don't know as soon as i got here it's been amazing i don't know it's the most confident i've ever felt in where i'm meant to be um which is weird i like i'd I've always called mum a few times. Like, like, I want to come home, like on some trips or surfing. Like when I'm like, sorry, when I'm on a surfing trip. Like, I would like to come home. I'm ready to come home now. And I haven't done that and I don't think I will do that. And I've definitely had a ball for the first two months and it's been amazing. Yeah, Like I said, I feel like I know where I want to be and I know what I want. So, it's yeah, it's kind of... A no-brainer that I'm just staying here and um, yeah of course I'm going to have some lows like but yeah I've, I've had the ball and I'm feeling great
1: I think the word community has come up a couple of times and it's definitely the chiropractic world has such a beautiful open-hearted generous and caring community maybe you're at a home away from home sweeter
0: I think so yeah like you just find your tribe you find your people not that I didn't have some of those people are home, but I just am surrounded by more of those like-minded people um, here, and it's, it's amazing.
1: It's awesome. If a young person was listening to this, someone in their maybe late teens, early 20s, mid-20s, what would be your advice to the, to the young person questioning where they are, what they're doing, how they should be doing life? What's, what's your advice?
0: Oh, gosh. I don't know. I think you're ever going to be ready (laughs) go when you're not ready because if you wait it's not like yeah you're never going to be ready so um take take that leap of faith worst case scenario you go back like you can always go back um i feel like i i wouldn't i don't know what i would have done i can't i can't imagine not meeting the people that i've met um here already um Yeah, take that leap of faith, even if it scares the shit out
1: of you. I think that's half the thing. When we're scared, we seem to hold back. But so often often it's that breaking out of being comfortable into that realm of uncomfortability. Not sure if that's a word, Tanya, but it feels like we (laughs) go into that world of uncomfortability and then we find a new version of ourselves. And that is the, the 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 field of possibility, and and knowing our potential goes beyond what we could ever imagine. But the only yeah. only real way we find that out is taking that leap of faith, like you say. Yeah, you're over there on the other side of the world. You know that your family and friends back here we all miss you dearly, and we are living vicariously through you with your amazing posts of your hikes and a country uh, like Spain and beautiful places that you're going to and the smiles and the faces and you are the envy of us all at the moment given the state of the world right now how's it feeling over there in as far as this whole um virus is concerned do you feel safe is it is there a big conversation around it how are you feeling about the state of the world right now
0: um it's not as bad in the way of i think australia the it's not it is a conversation for sure, but I've been talking about it all the time in Australia, but I'd forgotten about it a few times when I was over here. Um, however, like, a few rules have changed and um, they want to bring out the vaccine passport here as well and um, it's going to restrict a few people. And But it's funny, like, it, it, I, it doesn't affect me too much. I don't care if I can't go out to parties or restaurants. We can, like, it's... I like I, I still see the world as amazing. It's scary what's happening, but I think it's all about perspective, and I've changed my perspective on it. And there's definitely been moments where I'm like, "Oh my god, this is terrible!" But I'm like, well, what am I going to do about it? Like, okay, well, what can I do about it? Me, like, looking at it and being depressed or looking at it a certain way and panicking doesn't do me any good. So I'm just going to continue on the way I want to continue on and go around the objects and obstacles that I can go around. And if not, I'll find a way.
1: I definitely think that is a Tani or a Mirror ism <laughs> um, if, it, if, if there's a block, I'll find a way. Dublin, <laughs> But I love that, that tenacity, that grit, that amazing determination that you have is what's so inspiring about you sweetheart and you're such an amazing incredible young woman and I'm so excited for you and what you're achieving and what you're doing if there was a message to send back to your beautiful family you know every one of them is going to listen to this um what would what would you want to say to to your beautiful family who are singing your praises from afar and championing (laughs) you on
0: um I miss them all a lot like so much but I'm doing so freaking well. (laughs) Don't worry about me. Um, Worry about yourselves and I hope they're they're okay in Australia. Sounds like things are worse over there, honestly, than they are here. Um, Yeah, Love, love them all.
1: Yeah, you're doing well. And what's it like, though? I mean, you know, you've got a niece and a nephew now, these two beautiful little bubbers that you are on the other side of the world from. But how lucky are we? I heard a speaker once say, this is a great time to be in a pandemic. And it it was like, you know, if this was back in the 1990s, we wouldn't have FaceTime, we wouldn't have Zoom, we Mm. wouldn't have had all these things. So you say you speak to beautiful Casey every day and you get to see Sage. Is that helpful for you to stay connected as well? Oh,
0: definitely. Like, yeah, I see them all the time. I see photos all the time, it makes me feel like I'm almost there in a way. But and I'm seeing, I'm seeing them grow. I'm like, oh my gosh, Sage's hair's got really long. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but it, it, as much as I miss it, I yeah, I really look forward to that. And I think knowing that that will happen to me as well, that that will be something that I see in the future, and that I will have in the future it's okay like i will see them again um i look forward to having a family of my own and i look forward to seeing them again and i'm so lucky yeah with the facetime so um it's yeah it's amazing technology is incredible and it would be a different thing without facetime i don't know if it'd be maybe even like that outside of of mine so it would be okay but oh facetime's amazing (laughs) it's fortunate I just get missed FaceTime calls from Katie all the time and it's usually the sage's face doing like
1: something really, really weird. <laughs> keeps you, keeps you connected to home too. Yeah. And don't forget your aunties, your adopted aunties, of Auntie Peter and Auntie Kim. We're always singing here in the background and love it. We've got our little WhatsApp groups, so it does oh, feel yeah. beautiful that we're lucky to all be connected in that way.
0: Yeah. As you know,
1: uh, Thinking about all the one of the things you said way back was around, you know, to, to do something for yourself, to, to take the leap of faith, whether it's a new diet, a new protocol, moving countries, studying something new. You said it all <laughs> came back to your opinion of, of loving yourself, doing it for you. What is your definition of self-love?
0: Um, taking responsibility of my own happiness. Um, I think... I don't know if I – like, well, I think maybe I was trying to find something at home or someone or uh, an external um, source of happiness, like that something else was going to make me happier than what I was. I think I was looking for that, but, like, I know that, yeah, self-love is the responsibility of your own happiness. No one else is going to make you happier than yourself. It's up to you to change your mindset and the way you perceive life and where you want to be in life. Um, and I feel like, uh, like happiness is a choice that, that people don't like to hear that that it's a choice. I think like again, it's like responsibility It puts responsibility in their hands. Um, they when again they want the easy, easy way out and they want to blame it on others and everything. And I think maybe I was doing that at home. I'm not really sure, but yeah, it's it's um. Yeah responsibility that's, that's how I would define it and whether it, it comes out and manifests in a different way whether it's taking yourself to a bath once a week or if it's going out in nature once a week or it's spending time on your own and doing nothing um, yeah
1: I would I say too for you one of the things I've noticed that I admire about you is that when you do get stuck you don't stop you keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep looking and searching for another way. And I think that's something that we could all learn from you is when you're not sure, when you do feel stuck, when you're not happy, when you don't feel great, when you do feel like crap, then you've got to do something about it. You've got to take action. You can't just sit there waiting for the world to change. Is that an ethos of yours? Mm -hmm. Is that something you've learned or do you believe that that's something that you just think is, is a damn right for everybody?
0: Oh, yeah. I, think, I think it would benefit everyone for sure. But um, maybe something else. Like I always, there's always like a day of a pity party, and then it's like, okay, we'll wake, wake up. Let's do something else. Like you sitting here is not going to change the way you think, or it's not going to do any benefits for you. So do something else. Change, change what you're doing. Like nothing, like doing the same thing is not. It's going to get you the same result. <laughs> like. <laughs> If you change something, then obviously something else is going to change, like the butterfly effect.
1: Yeah. You know, just before we finish up, watching your family come together um, when Sage was born and knowing that there was a a bit of a crisis at the beginning and the the reliance on the medical system and knowing how holistic and open. I think one of the most amazing profound things I saw was a real appreciation of different modalities, different people, different people's expertise. And I think one of the things you mentioned briefly, but I just want to give a shout out to TJ, your brother-in-law, the way he held the space for his wife his child, the way he brought people together, the way he honoured those that were helping and allowed um, his own sense of growth to come through. Would you agree with me that you found that quite remarkable, especially when we heard him tell his story at that event we were both at?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it shows like a whole lot of strength on the other side um, and it's very inspiring and um yeah i think that even was something that i saw as was like okay like if a as a chiropractor and as a husband or to casey and um yeah i was like okay well i i like i want to be like that i want to be able to support someone in that as well like it's just kind of it, yeah it was i don't know how to explain it it was one of the most inspiring things that i saw both of them. Um, go through yeah such a hard time, and they were both very inspiring and very strong, and um, yeah, <laughs> it was such a crazy time.
1: <laughs> it really was, and you're dead right. The t- the two of them together led us all through that, and Casey in her quiet, beautiful. Um, very graceful way of managing herself and her baby and then TJ with his ability to pull the community, the family, the essence, the energy of everyone together. And I think what was so beautiful was then seeing your role as the sister and just knowing she had someone right there. And I just think for you, one of the most important things, the gifts that you have, my love, is to Uh, bring people together in your way. You make us laugh. You're very naughty. You're very cheeky. Um, (laughs) We all love being in your energy and your space. And I just want to say high five kudos to you. Um, It's very inspirational hearing what you're doing. And I know that this interview will inspire a lot of people to keep believing that the world is still a beautiful place. And I loved you saying that because we can all get so hooked into the drama, no matter what side you sit on, no matter how you're looking at everything. How are you, is there any practices, any final words that you would give to this beautiful community um, on how to live through this crisis, this this world's strange times, but still see the world as beautiful? What are some of your tips? What would be the go-tos for Tania?
0: Finding something you love and doing it every day. Um, even if that's like going for a swim or going for a five-minute walk or hanging out with friends or having a coffee. Finding a, rit- a ritual, like a routine. Um, like appreciate the small things in life. Like if it rains, like I love the smell of rain. Like just little, little tiny little things like that, if that makes your day better. Um, it's I guess oh grat- I guess you'd just call it gratitude. <laughs> like writing down what you're grateful for, what the weather is like that day. It has been freezing here rain, and it rained the other and I was like, I love the smell of rain when I was was like oh it's raining. I was like, I love rain, like it's so good. Um so just those little appreciation um moments I think are very valuable and something so little can go so far, I think. But that's very valuable. You know, don't underestimate how little things can make such a big difference. Um, I also think affirmations are amazing. I have started doing, um, <clears throat> Oh, I guess you could call it manifesting as well, but you know, writing just little positive mindset moments or mindset quotes in your own little book, reading in the morning or afternoon or when I'm walking down the street, like kind of saying in your own mind, it kind of gives you a step or a new life and you skip to my walk.
1: How oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, sweetheart. It's been a treat to interview you, and it's been an honor to actually celebrate all the things that you do. And as I said, we do all look at you and go, wow, she's doing what we all used to do. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's really nice to watch that. There is possibility and hope, I can tell you that. But just to finish up, my love, if there was also one message to your mum and dad, what would you say to them for the life that you've had?
0: Thank you for all the hard work you put in. I know I say um, people are like, oh, you're, you're so lucky to have grown up. Like you're so lucky, you're so fortunate. Like the way you think is because of this isn't or like the way you are. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm lucky, but my parents also work their bloody asses off. Um, and I'm very grateful for that and I thank them every every day. Well I think I thank them in my mind. Maybe I don't think them to their pieces. But um they work their butts off and I don't think they get um they get that I um, guess validation. They don't yeah, they're like people hey, yeah but no. They just work their asses off, um, to be the way we are. Mm.
1: Yeah. They're gorgeous. Love them all. You're like a family of mine. My family away from home is what the Omeras are. So I just want to say I've loved watching you grow up and I've loved watching you go through all of these things that we've spoken about today. It's been a privilege to watch you and be a part of that, sweetheart. Thank you. (laughs) So now to finish up, my lovely, a beautiful quote, something that's a favorite quote of yours. We love to finish the podcast on something that means something to you at the moment.
0: Oh yeah, I guess at the moment, like there's so many beautiful quotes out there. Um, something actually, I was talking to someone the other day about um the world is not as as it is; it is as we are. And I think that relates to more perspective. You know, we we see the world um, in our own perspective, like
1: positive or negative. That's yeah. <laughs> beautiful beautiful just say it again the world is not as it is
0: yeah the world world is is not as it is it is as we are Ah, or it can it can be put in some other ways but um yeah we see the world not not as it is but as we are
1: yeah yeah i love that wow Wow, especially that you're on the other side of the world telling us to remind ourselves that that's what really matters. So you beautiful soul, you go and dunk another gorgeous almond croissant into a hot black (laughs) coffee and share that with us down under, knowing that you're eating the best croissants over there and we're so (laughs) jealous. Um, You go and keep studying, becoming the most extraordinary nutritionist come chiropractor Give our love to the community over there and know that we are all so excited for you, beautiful girl. And what a privilege and thank you for being on my beautiful self-love podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I miss you guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the self-love podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care.